Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Matt Connor Whiteley, bringing you psychology news and easy to understand and engaging psychology facts. For more information and the backlist episode show notes and more information on psychology topics, please go to connorwhiteley.net and I hope you enjoy the show. everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Psychology Work Podcast and I apologise if the sound quality is a bit different or <laughs> or strange today because um, I'm doing some emergency podcast recordings simply because when I did the bunch of recordings for the first I think about 6 episodes now actually I've recorded it up to 8 because I wanted to get up to the end of 2019 I've recorded all the content to get me to the end of the year however Sorry, <laughs> I didn't record the personal update section and the psychology news section because, come on, it was 18th of November, that sort of week when I did it. So by the time I got to December, they'd be very out of date, so I thought I'd record it new. However, what I didn't realise was that I didn't record an episode for personal news, no, sorry, for personal update or news before I would get back. Back and because of other factors, I would not be able to record when you hear this on the day that you hear this. I couldn't emergency upload it, so I'm currently in my university room doing the most unprofessional thing ever, which is hiding under a duvet to try and block out some noise. So I'm trying to deliver this to you. So um, I hope everything is okay. So for the personal update section. I've just got so much to tell you over the next few personal update sections and it's been a very busy time but as we go into December and in other personal update sections I will talk a lot more about what I've been doing since the last bunch of recordings because there's so much my Garo universe just taken off uh, as I'm writing the new, well, the second part of the series, the books 4 to 9 because of that completely changed and it's just brilliant and... <laughs> Yes, and very exciting stuff, but I'll try and keep this short in case the sound quality is bad, because I don't want you to, um, yeah, well, panic and become quite concerned about the quality. So in case this is bad, I will just move on. It's been such a great time, and as we've moved into December, I'm planning next year, and I'm just so excited, because I'm a writer first, and I'm a podcaster second. And I just think this is an amazing time to be a writer and it's just, there's so much great opportunities that I'm going to explore next year and I will share this with you on the podcast because at the end of the day, my writing, I want to benefit all of you listeners and I just want to help as many people as I can because I love psychology, I love sci-fi fantasy and I'll talk about this a bit more, I've recently done some business books which I'm very excited about. So, I don't know, it's just a very exciting time to be alive and I'm really looking forward to 2020. So, let's go on with the psychology news section. In psychology news this week, as a subscriber of the British Psychological Society Research Digest, which I would definitely like, 
recommend because it's a very good email. We all had a very interesting email full of the latest high studies, and there was and there were quite a few that caught my eye, and studies that I thought would be quite good for the port for the sorry for the podcast. But there was one that really caught my eye because I wanted to do another one. However, I read it and I was and I was just like and I was like thinking, I cannot condense this enough for all of you listeners <laughs> so I started to pick another one and what this I study was about was that it said that when we have a eureka moment so when we're trying to solve a puzzle and then we go aha that's the answer which uh, which I've definitely had like quite a few of it actually said that when we have that that can actually be quite harm- harmful for us because because it said that when we do that we are actually more likely to believe a statement, even if it's false, which I can definitely see at the logic of it. So uh, what they did with the studies was that they gave was that they gave the 26 people various statements, including anagrams. Um, anagrams. This might be uh, this wasn't one used by the study. But let's say it was um, Connor Whiteley is a then let's say an anagram for podcast and author. So be something like that if that makes sense. It just went off the top of my head. So yes, and then what happened was that they were given twenty seconds to try and solve it. And out of the people that successfully Yes, and then what they had to do was they needed to indicate if they had a Eureka moment or an aha moment. And the results were quite interesting because they said that the people who successfully solved it sixty or yes. Out of all the trials, 60% of the time, they believed that the statement was actually true when it was false. And this was true regardless of whether the statement was true or false. So even with the false statement, they still believed that 40% of them was true. And even for the true statements, they only believed 60% of the true statements were, were true. This is quite interesting. So... Yeah, so I'm not quite sure where this is going to lead in the future, but a bit of knowledge like this never hurts. Yes, so I hope you found it interesting. Now let's move on to the show, which is done properly and, um, yes, and is ever recorded <laughs> a bit more professionally. <laughs> so uh, let's go on with the show on neurotransmitters. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of my absolute favourites, and I know I say this a lot, but I just love that. I just love psychology in all of its forms. Actually, no, in most of its forms. There's some areas of psychology I just hate. However, this is honestly one of my favourites. It was the first psychology topic I actually learned properly when I started IB psychology, and I hope that you're all going to love it right as much as I do. So today's episode will be on localization, and this I just honestly find amazing. So localization is the theory or the idea that certain areas of the brain are responsible for certain for certain pardon me, for certain behavioural functions. For example, the frontal lobe, which is the front part of the brain, that is associated with higher order thinking, judgment, and all of those quite intelligent 
characteristics that uh, yeah, but that tends to put us apart from other animals. Animals. However, the optical lobe, which is at the back of the brain, that is associated with sight and a vision. And then you have the parietal lobe. Yep, and then like, yep, and yeah, yep, and then you have the parietal lobe and uh, and the temporal lobe, which is in which is in the middle of the brain. Brain, and I say associated with because. We can't say definitively that one lobe of the brain is responsible for only one behaviour or only that certain behaviour because as you'll see in a later study that I'm going to tell you about it's actually quite difficult to, to say that one area is responsible for it because you have this other thing called equipotentiality which is the ability for one area of the brain to take over the function of another so that's why we say associated because there's a strong link between that area of the brain and that function, but to essentially protect ourselves, we can't say that it's a hundred percent certain certainty. Now, localization can actually be split up into two areas: strong localization, which is which is uh, the idea that that is that that area or localized function is associated for that uh, behavior such as like, that behaviour is only found in that area. For example, there's strong localization that the yes, but that vision is found in the optical lobe. And then uh, there's something called weak localization, which is when to put it simply, localization which is when that area of the brain is localized, well that behaviour is uh, yeah, well, like that behaviour is localized to that area. However, other areas of the brain can take over if needed. Yes, so, yes, that's something like bear in mind. But I find it interesting because this concept I do, I don't know, I don't know, I just find it really like, interesting. Especially some other studies do definitely make it a lot more interesting. So the first thing that we're going to be looking at is called TAN. Yeah, TAN. Yeah, TAN. Yeah, so TAN isn't the actual... Um, researcher, researcher. He was actually the he was actually the uh, subject, and this study was done in eighteen sixty five. So it's definitely one uh, one of the oldest studies that I know. And this and this wasn't experimental. It was sort of just a like observational study. In fact, this is a case study. So what happened was was that uh, was that this that person called. Let's have butcher another name. Le French names are always fun to say. <laughs> um, Le Bruchon. They yeah, completely butchered uh, um, that name. So Le Bruchon. So, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So like by the age of thirty, he had a, he had lost the ability to to speak. However, later he developed gangrene fever, and then he was treated by the French physician Bocon. And uh, what happened was was um, was that well was that by then he could only say the syllables tan, which he could usually repeat it twice. And then, yes, and then what happened was that um, was um, well was that Bocon found that his um, 
or that his ability to like speak and advise was that was that the only impairment because he understood when you were talking to him. So he wasn't stupid. Stupid. Well, as you would say, it's like back then because of course, like back then, if you if you were disabled, you were considered like stupid. Stupid. Yeah, but then. Yeah, but then I've broken called the condition bronchoaphasia, which is the loss of articulated speech, and then he essentially documented the condition. And then, but then when Tan died at age 51, Bronkun conducted a brain autopsy, which I. And then, God, I keep saying, and then quite a lot. And what. And what Bronkman found was that, well, was that Tan had a brain lesion in the frontal left hemisphere of the brain. But as the IB likes you to be specific, it was the posterior inferior frontal glands known as the Bronkman area. So let's just uh, yeah, so like let's just forget the posterior inferior frontal glands area, and let's just call it the Bronkman area. Area. So following this, Bronkin didn't rush to publish his findings because he had studied another 25 people with Bronkin aphasia before concluding that the Bronkus area connotated a speech. So this shows that localization is real and it supports localization because, because as Bronkin found, that when an area of the brain is damaged, then that, that behaviour was, well, was essentially destroyed or damaged severely. Therefore, it's reasonable to conclude that the bronchus area controlled speech because after these 25 people plus 10, when their bronchus area was damaged, they lost the ability to form articulated speech. speech. Moving on to critical thinking, the study is very effective because not only does it demonstrate the localization effectively, effectively, it's actually quite a repeatable study because, as Abronkin did himself, he studied another twenty-five people before he had, before he published his before he published his findings. So he had a lot of data to support his conclusions with. However, though. However, there's a bit of evidence that does cast doubt on this. Not majorly because I still believe in the findings, but I think they are very credible. However, Bronkman decided to preserve Tan's brain, which is perfectly fine and it's actually very clever of him, was it because it means that it can be studied in the future. So a hundred years later, Tan's brain was dissected and the results were not good. The brain lesion wasn't as neat and confined to the frontal left hemisphere as I previously thought. So the problem with this is that you can easily argue that, you know, that Tan's loss of articulated speech was not because of the brain lesion in the frontal left hemisphere. It can actually be because of the brain damage to other areas of the brain. So there's no... So this definitely weakens out. Yes, this definitely weakens out the argument that the bronchus area is responsible for speech. Speech, especially as 
you can now say that because the brain lesion damaged other areas of the brain, another area could be responsible, or it could be entire brain region that was responsible for articulated speech, and not just the bronchus area. So it does cast a bit of doubt. To add even more doubt to it, our next study certainly doesn't support localization either. Either, and um, I know I keep saying that there's a lot of doubt in it. So because there isn't, it's just in this modern age we know that some functions are localized. For example, speech, and and some other examples. However, memory and some other behaviors are not localized. They are. Certain areas of the brain are responsible for different types of memory, for example. However, it's, however, it's a pretty spread out throughout the brain, brain, to put it simply. So my next study is Kyle Slashley. Slashley, yes, 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 Slashley. So what he did was that <laughs> he did something quite unethical to that, which to which you could probably still get away with now. But granted, how people feel about rats, I doubt people care. So, what these are, yes, like what, yes, like what Slashy did was that he induced brain damage damage in the brains of rats. So, in a typical experiment, he would train a rat to, to go through a maze to, for, to find food. And once this rat had learned, had learned to have the maze off by heart, and he was finding the food primitive without error. Ever, so, um, slashly would ever move a part of its brain. Now these are proportions ranged from 10% to 50%. However, it was always from the back of your brain. Brain and uh, yes, and yes, and uh, the research, um, yes, and the research's reasoning was that if you find is that if you keep removing bits of well, yeah, but like a bit of the brain out, then uh, well. Then surely, if it, then surely if the memory's localized, then uh, yes. But then if you keep removing certain areas of the brain, but then you'll eventually find it. Find it. Yet, the search was a failure. He did not find a localized spot of the brain, so he concluded that memory was distributed evenly. Modern research agrees with him to some extent. However, we now know that memory isn't spread as evenly and uniformly as, uh, yeah, but like, as like slashly thought. So he was right to some extent. And and, and then, uh, yep, and then I uh, slashly um, backed up his uh, data, his uh, data with uh, two findings. The principle of mass action. We refer that to the amount of the brain removed. Is that relatable to the deterioration of a performance and the inefficiency of a learning? Learning. So to put it in simpler terms, the more the brain, yeah, so like the more of the brain that you that you move, move, the worse the performance is that can mean to be. Yeah. Yeah, because of the number of cells are destroyed, not because of the location of the cells. And then he also so, um, supported it by something that I said earlier, which is equipotentiality, which is uh, the ability for one part of the brain to take over the function of another. Now, so, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, so like uh, critically thinking, 
This study is very methodical and and its construct validity, which is how good how good is the measurement yes yeah, so like how good is the measurement tool used good at measuring so it's a contract validity is quite good because this is an effective way to measure to measure how how removing chunks chunks of the brain can show deterioration of performance however though However, you've always got this. However, you've always got this argument about how relatable is a how relatable are animals to humans. Now, just to make it clear, I'm not saying that we should do this to humans. That is very wrong, and just purely unethical. However, however, because this is just a like critical thinking point, it's just a good to point out some potential weaknesses of the study. But personally, I think that this is a very good study. Study. But being critical, the problem is is that the rats may not accurately reflect how the human brain works. So, yes, yeah, yes, and that's a possible reason about why. Yes, and yes, and like and that's a possible reason about why there's a, a different opinion about what Slashley found, and what the modern research found because. Because of course, like Slashy found that the modern, it was yeah. Because of course, like Slashy found that uh, yeah, but like um yeah. Well, like Slashy proposed that the rat brain's memory could actually be distributed quite evenly. However, modern research says that humans are different from like, that common occlusion. So that is a very tenuous link about that rat. Yeah, but animals and humans, you can't always 100% relate to their findings together. Bringing everything together, localization is uh, the idea that is uh, certain uh, behaviours are localised to one specific area of the brain. For example, in a tan, 19, no, in the tan 1865, five black brokers have demonstrated that the brokers area is responsible for articulated speech. Speech, on the other hand, Slashley shown has like shown us that not all behaviours are localised to specific areas. For example, memory in this case. Yes, like I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you want to know more about biological psychology, or if you want to research, yes, or if you want to research localization in more detail then please yes but then I please check out my biological psychology book. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found it useful and engaging. Well, like, if you want the show notes, backlist episodes, and more information on psychology, on psychological topics, please check out connorwhitely.net. And if you want to get a free book, as well as other news about writing and psychology, then please check out. Yeah, but then please sign up for my newsletter at connorwhitely.net. Have a great week, everyone.